You were listening to episode two of the TAP with Patra Archie. You ready? Let's go. Man, I love that intro. All right, guys, welcome back to the Think Alpha Project. This is a podcast, once again, empowering people to break barriers in health, wealth, career, fitness, lifestyle. All right, and so I'm just excited to be here once again, guys. My name is Valentine Ewudo. I'm your host. So today we'll get right into it. Uh, We're going to be introducing... A good friend of mine, a really amazing friend of mine, her name is Patra Archie, and she has an amazing story, and I actually asked her, you know, a couple months back to to be included on on this show, and um, she's she is Ghanaian, so she's from Ghana, her family's African, she's African, and she grew up in England, so growing up in London, England, you know, she had majority of the struggles that most young women have growing up. But especially for her, in her young 20s, she started off over 200 pounds. Okay, so she was 200 pounds, and she was able to not only fly out to the United States on her own to start a life for herself, a new life, but she was able to drop 70 pounds. 70 pounds, guys, 70 pounds. So she made it, she's made an amazing, amazing transformation, um, and she is inspiring so many people. So we're going to have her on the show this time for this episode. I'm super excited for this. And some of the things that we talked about uh, was the fact that, you know, she disliked her weight. She said she was very depressed about it and she would eat even more. And some of the things we will also be touching on are growing up in London, you know, in an African family. We're going to be talking about how to battle and deal with being unsatisfied and self-conscious. Okay, how to focus on loving yourself even when you don't feel good about yourself. How to have true happiness. And last but not least, how to create a winning mindset when transforming your body and losing weight. So guys, without further ado, I bring to you Miss Patra Archie. All right, so we have uh, the lovely Patra here to join us. Pleased to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> what they what they don't know is that we we just spent the last like two hours <laughs> catching up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, we need to be recording this right now. I we know. need to be recording. We had a few nuggets in there too. But yeah, 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 yeah. So so um you, you guys heard the intro. So Patra is uh, amazing. Honestly, I'm very, very honored to have her um to be doing business with her and to just be an amazing just friend. And honestly, I feel like she's my sister. Um, and so, you know, we're here now. She has an amazing story. Honestly, I want you to talk about it. I want it to come from you, you know. And your story, though, what's cool about it is it it goes, it's, it's not even just about the crazy health results that you got, like the transformation that you have. Like you, so much has spawned from that, yeah. right? Yeah, So much definitely. has come from that. Yeah, so... I, I just want us to hear from from you personally, for you to tell the story. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel you on that one. <laughs> okay, have it. Go ahead. Okay. Um. So is the story. Okay, I'm gonna have to cut this quite short because uh, it's gonna be a bit too long on yeah, here. No. But uh, long story short, it started in about 2011. I was in New Jersey. I was in I was in my East Coast for about three months, and I kept getting this constant dream. And the dream was, I used to love Tayana Taylor back in the day. I still love Tayana Taylor. But I was really obsessed with her. But in my dream, um, I was in LA with her and I was her size, right? I think I had that dream about three times. And I was like, okay, God, maybe you're telling me something. So um, that same week, no, I think the next week, um, my cousin that lives in New York was like, yo, we should go to this barbecue in Harlem. It's an annual barbecue. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm down. I checked on Twitter and Tayama Taylor was talking about a barbecue. So in my heart, I was thinking, hopefully this is the same barbecue you're oh talking about. <laughs> so we get to the barbecue, comes to find out it is Tayama Taylor's barbecue. Oh, wow. Right. And I see her. She wait, walks, wait, what year was this? 2011. This is when I was wow. at my, my biggest. 
when I kept having those dreams and I was in New Jersey when I had those dreams about Tiana Taylor and me being best friends and I was like the same size as her. Um, so wow. I see her walk past me and I was like to my cousin, yo, I got to take a picture with this chick, right? So I was like, oh, Tiana, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Can I take a picture? I took a picture of her and I realized how small she was. Yeah, she's small. And literally that made me realize that if I want to be that size, I have a long way to go. <laughs> and literally I still have that picture. So after seeing her, I look, I, the next day I took a picture in the mirror and I said, it's go time. And that's when everything started changing. And I remember my auntie was in New Jersey and I had left her for about three weeks. I came back and she looked at me and was like, what have you been doing? And I was like, I've just been exercising and changing the way I eat. And she goes, you've lost so much weight. And this was when I was on vacation. Right. And so I was like pushing in my foods. I downloaded my fitness app and I was like, if I had a cupcake, I was like, well, I can't eat this anymore and I can't eat that. And I danced to Beyonce. I could only do 15 minutes in the morning because that's as much. As was that like your workout? Yeah, literally. Dancing? I danced to Beyonce. That's cool. For 50, I was that tired. I could only do 15 minutes. 15 minutes <laughs> turned to 30 minutes. 30 How old minutes. were you at this time? Um, I was 20. I was wow. turning 21 in November. And this was like ending June, beginning of July when I was like, I'm serious to lose this weight. So that's how it started. Um, and then when I came back to London, I would say to my mom and dad, I, I really feel like I want to move to America. And like being out there for two and a half months really made me realize that this country is where I really want to be. So um, I was about to graduate from university. And I was like, well, if I really want to move to America, I need to figure this out now. Right. So I was looking online and I've got a performing arts degree. So I was like, well, I'm going to find an acting school out here. And I kept looking and this one school kept popping up in LA. And so I was like, let me put that to the side. Kept Googling this school, kept coming up. Let me put it to the side. It kept coming up. So I was like, okay, God, maybe again, you're telling me this is the place I'm supposed to be at. So my brother, he's like the dopest business person I've ever seen. So I told him and he was like, well, it's one thing seeing it online. It's another going there to check it out. So bear in mind, I had actually wanted to go to LA because of the dreams of about Tiana Taylor. So I went to LA in 2012 to check it out with my best friend. Um, so when I came back, that's when I um, told my brother about the school and he was like, well, you need to go check the school out. So I flew back literally six months later. I went back to L.A., checked out the school and I was like, "Yep, <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be. My brother still didn't wasn't convinced. Now, here's the crazy part. He has a business. And I remember he said he was on a flight from Pakistan to Dubai. It was a connecting flight. And the person on the plane was talking about my school to my brother, random person. And he was just like, it's mad how I sit on a plane, I don't know this person from Adam, mm -hmm. but tells me about the same acting school that my sister wants to go to in LA. And from that point, he was like, all right, cool. If you want to go, go. Then he said, whatever money I make for to, to save to go, he'll match it. And that's just how the story just started going. I moved out here and I've just, everything has just been piling up and then, meeting you and building doing a herbal life and my body changing from being like gone from overweight to skinny from skinny to now looking like an athlete it's just so much has happened and it's, it's crazy. all it's yeah. crazy and it's all because of the dream of Tayana Taylor me first so it's like God foretold what was going to happen that I was going to be in LA and I was going to be the size of that but it's weird because in my dream it didn't tell me what I was doing it just showed me I was just living this life and hanging out with her Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> but you, ain't, you haven't been hanging so, out with her yet, though. Yeah, I haven't been hanging out with her yet, though. <laughs> yeah, we got to work on we that We got to work on that one. <laughs> but, you know, it's just kind of cool that it's just how that dream started. And now when I see myself in L.A. and just seeing the person I am and my body and everything, it's just like, wow, like I saw it when I was 20 in my dream. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, we, I just thought about the last so 20 because in, in right now you're like. I'm 26. 20, okay, so it's been six years. So in six years, you completely changed, like, because you started obese. Yeah, I was over 200. I was 200 pounds. And okay, so you're, you, well, you're like five, six. Five, five. Five, five. I yeah. was close. <laughs> you was. All right, I was close. All right. So you, okay. So you were five, five. Yeah. Right. Over 200 pounds. Do you remember like when you got to your leanest, how, uh, your weight? Um, the smallest I've, I got to was about 135 pounds. Wow. But you know what's so crazy? I didn't see it. I st I didn't even see it when I had lost about 30 pounds. I just couldn't what, what see it. What do you it. mean? Like, it's really crazy that when you lose a bunch of weight, but you have all these bad negative thoughts about yourself, that, yeah, that you can't see it. And so you keep 
trying to like I got so small that I was still grabbing I wasn't grabbing anything but I was grabbing something saying I still need to lose some weight (laughs) (laughs) just what I'm saying it was really crazy and there was this one moment which was like I think it was when I was on Herbalife the first year so it was like last year so I think it was probably like this time last year I looked in the mirror and I was like wow is that you Pat like seriously <laughs> like you've gone Ooh, from yeah. real, real talk <laughs> and the thing is I've, I saw it but I still kind of I've always been that person that I've been kind of shy with certain things and when people would congratulate me about certain things I would be like yeah you know it's cool and I would always push it to the side right um but that moment I looked in the mirror and I was like damn like I did I did it like and I and even though I did struggle throughout the six years because I didn't understand about nutrition so it was extreme to extreme 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 Mm -hmm. I would lose weight gain weight lose weight gain weight lose weight gain weight I was still on the journey you know people go through lose weight gain weight and then just just give up I never gave up and every time I kept continuing the better I got the better I got and now so now when I look at my before and after it's like two completely different people right I went from, you know, you know, you can easily losing weight, to be honest, isn't necessarily that hard once you figure out the formula. Mm, there is a formula. That's right. You know, but it's the the discipline to now going from slim to building muscle, because that's, that's a whole different ball game. game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so going from that and seeing myself and just seeing how much I've built my legs and seeing muscle and seeing my I'm like, I look at myself, I think. I did the damn thing, seriously. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. You know, so and I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I feel like I had to build that confidence because I've always been that person that I've, I know how to fake confidence, but not actually have real confidence. Right, right, right. right. And I'm now at a stage in my life that, oh, baby, this is real confidence right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and just, I'll, I'll just pause right here, guys. If you haven't seen her uh, transformation photo. You guys need to check out uh, thinkalpha.net. Check out the website. It's it's on there. And or even go, you know, go to we'll, we'll talk about where to reach her on Instagram. Like yeah. her results are crazy, just crazy. So I I just had to I had to get her story out here. And also for the fact that she has a cool accent. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, so that's that's so crazy. That's man. I, I just. I acknowledge you for that. And it's not easy, Thanks. right? It's not. Still- it's it's not because even now, I mean, I think what I battled with, I personally think I did have body dysphoria, to be honest. Yeah, of course. I definitely That's did. That's what that is. It, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't th- think I did until, and now I don't really care about the scale. I really just go off how I feel and how I look in the mirror. Right. Whereas right. before, like, the, I would cool. never forget when my parents came to LA, right? And I was doing this, uh, uh, I was trying to lose weight for this commercial. And I was so anal about everything I was eating. My mom made the best stew. She made beef stew. She was made. She made everything for me. She even made me fufu, like every type oh, of African dish oh, possible. The African dishes. And I was like, no, mommy, I can't. I'm seeing her eating apples, and I was like, no, I can't. I have to be a certain weight. And it was just like yeah. I looked in the mirror and I just wasn't satisfied. And I'm like, I wish my mom was here now because I would devour everything. Just what I'm saying. Kill it. And it's really sad because most times. Interesting. Some people don't even realize that that's what they have. Even some people that I speak to that are, um, you know, old clients or people that I'm speaking to that are so obsessed with the scale, so obsessed with the negativity about themselves. And I always have to say to get a result, it's all about self-love. Nothing great comes out of negativity. Let me ask you something, though. So you just wow, you just said something really cool. So you said it's all about self-love. Now, there's people who are going to be listening to this that they don't really understand what that means. It's like, okay, self-love, but how would you describe that? Self-love is loving everything about you. Self-love is is like, yeah, I may have a stomach, but so what? I'm working towards not having a stomach. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, when you look in the mirror and you're like, I hate my nose, I hate my stomach, I hate my arms, I hate my this, I hate my that. You have now disconnected from yourself. Wow. So every time you get a result, People will see it, but you won't see it because you've disconnected from yourself. Right. Whereas when you start loving yourself, you love your whole being. You love, you know, you're, you're working to your greatness. I love me. I love every transition of me. So now every time you see a result, you're happy about it and you want to continue with it. I think a lot of people, the reason why they stop or feel like they're failing in their weight loss or whatever type of goal they have is because they're not loving themselves enough. Mm. 
and they're too hard on themselves. So the negativity is what pushes you down. And you're like, well, you know, there's no point because I'm always going to be fat. No. Right. If you lost 10 pounds, that's 10 pounds. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. Like when I get, if when I measure my waist or check my body fat percentage and I've lost like an, an inch or I've lost like 1%, I'm jumping for joy. Like, <laughs> that's great. Like, Patrick, you well done. I love me so much that I'm rocking for myself. Right, right. That's it. Happiness comes from within. It's not about your external. It's all about your internal. Right. So, yeah, you can't, you can't use. It's like once I cut my hair or once I do. I remember there were so many times I would say, you know, once I lose weight, then I'll cut my hair. <laughs> what does that even mean? Because my face would be slimmer. Okay. But really and truly, what the incentive would have been if I cut my hair and I saw how my face would have looked with the hair cut, then that would have given me more incentive to lose the weight. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, but yeah, you just, I, you can't try and put external things onto where your happiness comes from because the happiness comes from within. And when you are, when you are satisfied with yourself, flaws and all, anything you want in this life is way more easier to get. Hmm. So, okay. So you just, man, you're dropping nuggets right now. So you just said uh, when you put, when you place your happiness on external things, like what are some examples that might pop up for you right now of either you or people where people do that? Um, Like even just relationships, uh, friendships, like people are so afraid to be alone. Yeah. You know, like you, you find happiness in, there's people that party all the time just because that moment is happiness. But that's not real happiness. It's just the moment. So we find different things. I mean, people put, I love food. That's where my happiness came from. I'm telling you, whatever emotion I had, if I got me a pot of noodles with some chicken and whatever, <laughs> I'm, I'm in bliss. Yo, it's going down. You know what I mean? So people find, try to put their happiness in so many different things. Or, you know, oh, I want a guy that spoils me. That's my happiness. But then when he stops spoiling you, you go back into, I need to find somebody else to replace. Mm. You try to refine, you find, you try to find replacements for your happiness, but no real happiness is from the, from the outside. Right. It just doesn't, you, you, you will never be satisfied. It right. all comes from within. If you can wake up and look in the mirror and say like, today is a wonderful day. I am, I look great. I am great flaws and all like, and you were just satisfied by your whole being, by your whole life. That is true happiness. You have to, have to, have to be satisfied with whatever, even if you had a dollar in your account, be grateful that you have that dollar in your account and be satisfied with that because that is where true happiness comes from. Mm. And when you have that feeling, anything you want, any, anything you want, is much more easy to obtain because you're not looking for other things to, to, to give you that happiness. Right, exactly. So you're not, basically you're not wasting your energy on unnecessary things. Right. Because that's all it is, is a waste of energy and time on unnecessary things because you think that's what that's what's making you happy. Whereas you don't necessarily need none of that. Look in right. the mirror. That's crazy because, you know, I, I'm in a different place now in my life, but not too long ago, I was in a place where financially, man, it was, it was tough. I was in a lot of pain, like emotional yeah. pain. And I started, it started to get to a point where I felt like, I felt like I was so much less than, you know, other people. Right. Because... I'm sitting. I'm sitting here trying to scrap money. You know, is when I, I I really took a hit in my own business. Right. And uh, you know, you take a hit in business, the income takes a hit. So, of you know, that's what happened to me. But it wasn't until I actually started to find ways to just be happy with where I'm at in the moment that things started happening for me. Honestly, that's like it. honestly, that is it. Wow. So okay. So now that you said that though, how would you how would you recommend for somebody who's listening who they're like, okay, well, that's me. You know, I'm miserable or I don't feel good. What would you, what would you recommend? What do you, what um, would you make a recommend for that? So here's how I break down things in my life now. So um, when you have a certain emotional feeling, it's all based off ego. But um, how I see it is allow that emotion to happen. Write it down. Let your ego be in its moment, you know? So like, let's say you, you, you don't like certain things about yourself. Write it down. Hmm. I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. And then turn over the page and write all the things you love about yourself, right? Yeah. And then what you do is you rip out the page of what the ego said and whether you want to burn it or throw it away is up to you. But what you have left is the stuff you love about yourself. 
wow. because what will happen is your subconscious mind will only remember the good things. And if you, if you forget the bad things, you don't ignite your ego anymore. Mm. Because really and truly, ego is what makes you compare yourself to other people. Ego is the reason so why you're, you're not satisfied. Right. Ego is a fake thing that came out and basically said, the reason why you're not great is because Stacey down the street has a better car than you. Who cares <sighs> about Stacey down the street? <laughs> right, yeah. You know? So... Allow your ego, I mean, you're always going to go in a battle with your ego. We can't let go of ego. But what you can do is soothe it like a kid. You know? What do you mean? Give it what it needs. Let it be in its moment. So if you feel some type of way, write it down. But also, calm yourself, really reflect on it, and write good things. And then all you do is you just literally just throw away the, the, the negativity and stay on the positivity on everything that you, you, you like about yourself or everything that's happening in your life. And that's actually going to help you stay on task. Weirdly enough, on my I, I got a new iPhone, um, but my iCloud is still connected to my um, 2011, 10 stuff, right? And I was a really, really big writer when I was younger. Because, wow. I, I mean, I went through some deep stuff deep when stuff. I was younger. Yeah. Um, and I wrote, used to write poetry, and I was writing some, like, life is strangling my neck type stuff. Oh, wow. But... <laughs> Once I had written it, I was fine because I allowed my ego to be in the moment. And once my ego let go, I was like, okay, cool. I'm fine with that now. How can I, how can Patra be of service to myself? So I think if anybody's on, on a journey of really trying to find self-love and happiness, it, it comes from within. Look at yourself in the mirror and just know that you are what you need to be. And if you do feel some type of way, don't be angry at yourself or don't be upset about anything. Just allow that moment to just be its moment. Right. And that's it. And then just keep keep flowing with it. Just keep flowing. Keep with flowing, it. man. Keep flowing. Just keep flowing. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. Just to honestly, just to top off what you what you just said, um, it, it really is when you when you truly rec acknowledge, just recognize and acknowledge, okay, this is where I'm at. Okay, it sucks. I, I actually feel like it sucks in. And there's a lot of people who might preach about like the whole positivity, like you know, no, don't, you know, pretend it's not there. Well, the thing about it is when you do that, you don't, you block off that part that gives you the ability to actually feel better. Exactly. You know, exactly. and that's what I believe is like in order to feel better, you need to be, you need to have access to your emotions. Of so, course. but in order to have access to your emotions, you, <laughs> you need to acknowledge how you actually feel it's, in the moment. Definitely. You right? definitely have. But Anybody that tries to, that's why they say never bottle up your emotions. Right. There's a reason why they say that, because you will explode. People, like, crying is amazing. Whether you're a man or a woman, bloody cry. Thugs don't cry, what you talking about? I mean, baby, thugs need to cry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because... Nah, I shed a tear too sometimes. You have to. You have to. You have to yeah. let out that feeling. We mm -hmm. have feelings for a reason, but don't harbor it. That's the only thing. Right. You can, if you're, like, there's some people, you can go to work and someone can wake up on the wrong side of the bed. And instead of shaking off that feeling, they then bring that energy onto the bus or into their car. And then somebody crosses the street and then they release that energy. Like, you don't need to release that negativity on other people. So once you set that tone, you've set the tone for the whole day. Right. And now everybody that comes in your way is just irritates you and everybody just makes you angry. Right. But... That emotion was only for a few minutes. You decided to make it last the whole day. A lot, of, man. It's crazy how a lot of people would deny what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all within you. I go to work, like, even when I go to work, I don't take anything to heart. There's some yeah. people that you work with and they're just like, you get so annoyed by certain customers speaking certain ways or a colleague said something. What stays in work is at work. You're not, you're not doing anything to my character. We're in work mode. Right. So if a customer shouts at me, cool, all right, that don't affect me. Why should I allow a person's feeling to affect me? Right. You know? And that's, I just think our emotions is very heavy, definitely very heavy, because you can either decide to let it go or decide for that emotion to carry on for the whole day. But why waste your energy being angry over if you really think about it, nothing? Right. Whereas, and when you can just be happy, like there's happy doesn't cost anything. It's free. Best it's, things in life are free. Right. <laughs> happy doesn't cost anything. Right. And 
when I'm around, hi, how you doing? Great energy. Because why should I just, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I'm <laughs> you guys should see her right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's going in right now. I'm just so, I just, I'm just really passionate about it because, okay, um, when I was young, I was very, very depressed. Mm-hmm. From and it's weird because when people look at me there, they're like, "You, you, yeah, right, depressed, yeah, right." No, from fifteen to about uh, maybe eight, no, until about I started losing the weight, um, I was really, really depressed and I was really in a dark, especially when I was living with my parents. Like I was one of them kids. When my brothers moved out, I would be in my room. I had the door shut. My music was blazing. My mom would always had to call my phone for me to come downstairs, mm. and I was always just emotional for no reason. I'm just crying for no reason. I'm just upset for no reason. Mm. And um, it, it just, I just really had to sit back and think, why am I letting these emotions affect me? So now I'm just like, if I wake up and I'm angry, okay, I deal with it. I'm angry because of something. Maybe someone pissed me off in a dream. But, <laughs> but I deal with it at that moment and I go on about my business. Right. So... Being this happy-go-lucky person I am is because I went through so much. But when I really look back, I'm like, why was I going through so much? Exactly. There was nothing I was going through. But I decided to have these feelings because all of a sudden, I need to be upset about something that there's nothing to be upset about. Really, like even some, let, let, let even look at these gangs, right? Some of these gangs that are fighting, they don't even really know why they're fighting. No, of course not. But they knew that 10... Years, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, young fuck from down the street was beefing yellow man because, you know, he stole some shoes or whatever. And all of a sudden... <laughs> and it's, that's how it started. And that's how it started. <laughs> and then today you ask why the yellow gang and this gang is beefing. Yeah, because... But you don't know. So why are you fighting? Right. It's life. That's life, yep. Why are you fighting? You don't, you don't even really know. You could go out throughout the day and be like, why the hell am I still angry? What, 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 why am I even for what? For what? For what? For what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm just, I just think, you know, just life is just when you realize that you're not in control of life and life is just life, right? Things just become more easier and, and happiness, you just realize that it's, it's, it's not hard to just smile, it's not hard to just be satisfied with yourself. I know we're definitely in a generation now that there's a lot more competition, which isn't real competition, but a lot more competition because of social media and all these things that we have. Um, so a lot more people becoming much more successful mm-hmm. than years ago. Um, so a lot more people feel like they have, they've lost out in life or they, they haven't excelled enough. Um, so definitely puts more younger people in a space where a lot more people are depressed, a lot more people feel like they're not worthy or anything, but don't be. Right. Don't be because you are at where you're at because that's what's meant to be. Everybody goes through their life goals. And whether I go this way and I become successful next year and you go this way and you become successful in 10 years, it doesn't matter because you're still going to get there. You have to go through something to get there. Right. You know, so, yeah, you may have been depressed for five years, but all of a sudden you found the sun after 10 years or after six years, you found the sun. Exactly. And that's all that matters. Right. Because life really is about finding that sun. That's it. Find that sunshine. Shine your light, baby. Shine your... I don't even... (laughs) I'm not singing. Okay. All right. Okay. So, okay. So, I failed to mention, guys, uh, that she is... She is a Ghanaian. Yes. So, she is my West African sister. Yeah. And, um, you know, we eat a lot of the same types of foods, which is pretty cool. So... Now you, you were both African, so you know I get it, right? Yeah. What's it like, you know? And I never lived in England, so I've never even been to England. So what, what's it like growing up as a young woman, um, African, growing up in an African family? Well, okay. So here's my thing. My parents, I wouldn't say are like African African, but I did grow up with more with a lot of African. What do you mean African African? So like, basically, not, like, like traditional. They like, weren't really mindset. traditional. Um, like they were very British but African at the same time. Like oh. I, I still my parents, my mom spoke tree English to me. So my parents are Which, uh, a Shanti tribe. So they speak. Yeah, that's tree. the language. That's that's a, one of the major languages yeah. in Ghana. Yeah. yeah. So my dad speaks tree with no English. 
My mom, on the other hand, speaks English and likes to mix tree. So we call it tree English, right? And my dad used to always say, look, you either speak to a tree or don't speak to her at all. Because my mom would do that all the sounds time. Like, sounds like African dad. You know? And so, like, my mom would... I it, Comparing to me and my older brothers, my older brothers have eaten more African food and are more like more African food than I do. Because I was eating, like, mashed potatoes and sausages. Okay. And my mom would make pizza, burn the pizza, and tell me that's how pizza's supposed to look like. No. And then the only thing I would really love was like fufu and stuff. So that's why I really only like that kind of stuff. I don't really eat traditional, traditional. Right. Um, I mean, my mom and dad allowed me to have boys at the house when I was 15. Hmm. That's, yeah. So, so it was like... new age type exactly. of stuff right So it was there, yeah. like, they were cool, but still kind of strict at the same time. Um, my dad was... Okay, so my dad's the strict one. My dad was like, if if it had his way, I'd probably be locked up somewhere. And like, <laughs> you ain't going anywhere. Sounds about that. right. Um, but whereas my mom, she was like really cool because my grandma told her, if you ever have a girl, don't coddle her. You know, like let her be free. If she wants to have a boyfriend, I have a boyfriend. Like don't try and fight Stop. against it because what's going to happen is she's going to be doing the things you don't want her to do. And so that's why I think I was exposed to a lot of things. I was allowed to go to the movies when I was like from the age of 12. I got a phone early. I think I got a phone when I was like in year five. So I was probably like 10, I think. Yeah, 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got a lot of things really early. But my, I mean, my dad didn't necessarily really like the way my mom would do things because he was always used to say like, you know, like you spoiling her. Um, but culture wise, I mean, I've, always, I've been acting since I was 13. And I told my mom I wanted to be an actor. And my mom told you she's my dog. So she was like, oh, you know, whatever you want to do, do it. Telling my dad, on the other hand, he was like, acting? What is acting? What money can you make? And I'm like, <laughs> really? Have you not seen these people on TV? Like, come on, dog. Right, right. And he was right. like, oh, no, like you're good at English. Maybe you should do English professor. I was like, dad, I'm not going to be a professor. I'm not going to do none of that. <laughs> so the funny thing is, so my name is Patra. I was named after, I call her my auntie, but... In actual fact, she's actually really my cousin because that's my dad's um, uh, sister's daughter, daughter. But she's way older than me, so mm-hmm. I've known to call her Auntie Patra. My whole because in life. our our in our culture, you know, you that's how you refer to yeah, someone, someone who's that's older. Older, auntie so, or uncle, yeah. Um, so I was named after Auntie Patra, and she was a pharmacist. So they were like, "Oh, Patra, you become a pharmacist." So when I was little, you know, brainwashed by the parents. I've always wanted to move to America, so I said, "I'm going to move to America and become a pharmacist." This is when I was really little. And then when I got to uh, secondary school, which I was 11, the, I remember my teacher asked me, so why do you want to become a pharmacist? And I said, because I want to help people. I just, I want to make people better. And he says, why don't you become a doctor? And I said, yeah, I'll become a doctor. <laughs> so I want to move to America and become a doctor. So, you know, my parents are like, oh, a doctor, you know, whatever medical is great. Um, and then I realized that I was really pants at science and I was actually really dope at acting. Um, so I was like, Scratch that. I want to move to America, become an actor. Um, so I told my mom, my dad was like, no, I'm not having it. So he actually tried to do an intervention in my house. He invited my Auntie Patra. The whole family? Yo, he no. invited my Auntie Patra and her husband to the house. No and way. they tried to convince me out of being an actor. No way. They told me um, a passion is supposed to be a hobby and not, and not a career. And I said, passion is a career. Your career stems off your passion. And whatever none any of you say, oh, I'm going to act, right? So my, what changed my dad's view is I had an interview at um, the Brit School and I was telling him why I love acting, basically. And he said, I'll never forget, my dad said, after him hearing my interview, he realized that it was more than just the acting, that he realized that it it was like, I'm actually really passionate about this. And we have something called GCSEs, which is kind of like, I believe, SATs out here. And my dad was like, I know I'm always hard on you when it comes to your grades, but all I care about is seeing an A for drama. And wow. I was like... I was like <laughs> Pops just came through. Right, Come right. through, Pops. So I remember that day, I was like... Because I was, I was scared. I was thinking, I'm probably going to have terrible grades, but I know my drama is going to be on point. <laughs> so I checked it. I was That's like... Cool. I think the, the, my worst grade was science, which I, I'm terrible at science, so I knew that was going to happen. And I opened up my drama letter and it said, 
and A. And I was like, yo. Yes. Like, I was like, oh, I don't care. I'm so excited because that's all that my dad was expecting to see. He said, if you love it, then let me see that A. And I got the A. Um, so they've always, um, you know, they've kind of pushed me with whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But, but push you in that. But when I was in university and I was graduating, my dad went back to the old way again. I was like, yeah, I want to move to America. Okay, so long story short, I'm the youngest of my family. Right. So kind of say I did kind of grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. Like I didn't really know the value of money because I kept getting handed money to me. And right. just a lot of things I just was like, I want it. Someone's going to give it to me. Right. Um. So when I said I wanted to move to America, I kind of knew my family thought, Oh, she wants us to pay. Little did Yana, I was already trying to do my own thing, right? <laughs> um, so when I was telling him, yeah, I moved to America, I just school, my dad was like, okay, so what about a job in London? So what about a, you know, assistant job or office job? Like, he was really trying to, like, I'm not trying to hear it. You grown woman now. Like, you, that whole acting thing was like teenager. Now you, you've grown, you graduate, you've got your bachelor's and honors, like, get you a real job. And I was like, nah, dad, I mean, he's like, so I just got to a point where I just stopped telling him anything. Mm. And he'd be like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just focusing on me, really. And I was like, because there's no point. There's no point me fighting with somebody who, like, African parents are very just stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. And as much oh, as, know. you know, and as much as you try and explain and try and, they're still going to be stuck in their ways. So right. I just got to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to tell you anything. Um, I would tell my mom here and there, but my mom lives with my dad. So therefore, she's still going to be influenced by my dad. <laughs> you know? So I would say little things. And I'll never forget my mom opened, because African parents do like to open their kids' letters. So my mom opened my bank statement and was like, how did you make 5000 I said, I told you I wanted to move, so I've been working. She's like, hey! you made, And I, I, I made that 5000 in less than a year. Wow, I was working. Balling. Yo, I mean, none of that money went to and my this pocket. this is pounds. This is pounds. Sure. Um, I literally worked seven days a week um, and I was uh, I worked as a bloody hell what was I doing I was working in the office but I was a temporary consultant so I was giving out jobs and what I was doing okay. is I was also for, it was for disabled people so it was a caregiving job right. and I was also a caregiver so what I would do is I look at the list and be like okay I'm going to take that tonight I'm going to take that tonight I'm going to do this on the weekend and I had already built great relationships with the, the care companies I'd worked for so most times they'd always recommend for me anyway Hmm. so from like nine till five i was in the office and then maybe from six to like oh i might do an overnight shift at one of the people's houses and i did that all the time like literally every day and then i was like okay well i'm paying rent in cambridge so six months before i was moving to la i saved for a year i said i was moving in 2013 2014 september i'd left so i saved clearly nearly nearly ten thousand within a year wow i paid for my visa i paid for my flight I paid for I paid for everything. My school fees, everything was paid for. Like my family looked to me like, how? When you want it, it's gonna happen. Yeah. That's so right. I moved to my parents' house. And even that's when my dad was like, okay, well, um, he was so excited that right. I had literally had just paid for everything. And I was like, I'm living with you guys for six months and I'm out. That he was, we had a leaving party, and my dad was like, She's going to be the English Ghanaian Fest American actor. Like he was so excited. And I was like, that's pretty dope that yeah, you tried to sway me away from things, but you saw that I don't really care about your views. <laughs> <laughs> and and you was, you know, you, you supported me. Right. But the, the only difficult thing is, is that um, with African parents, I don't necessarily think they, they mean it, but I think it's all based on fear. Install fear in their kids. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, and so it's like, I mean, your grades, you can get an A, but if it's not an A plus, oh my gosh, my mom's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. You know? Or like your parents would be like, no, you have to come home with all these grades and you feel this pressure. And so you live, you live a life of fear because you're scared of what your parents are going to think, especially African parents. I mean, I've met so many African um, friends of mine, even just African people in general that are like, oh, you know, I decided to do nursing. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> what you trying to say? <laughs> I, just, I mean, nursing is the thing that most African kids yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to do nursing, but I realized fashion is my calling. Right. And then I, they go back to school. 
for fashion or you know I decided to do I started law and realized that I wanted to do music so I, I, it was difficult for me to tell my parents that and now I'm just what I'm saying because we're so forced into fear because I think they the hardship they went through especially African parents migrate into either America or, or England all they want is the best for their kids exactly and so they just all they know is fear because growing up that's what they got from their parents Mm-hmm. And so they feel like, okay, well, we're in a country where there's so much opportunity. I have to put all this fear into you so you can be successful. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing is, is for one, they're ruining the relationship between them and the child. Right. 100%. You know? 100%. And two, it's like you're removing their passion. And I've met so many people that's like, I want to be a photographer. I want to do this. I want to do that. But my mom, and I, and I just think, don't care. I've always been a don't care person. I used to say that to my dad when I was younger. And he used to be like, don't tell me that. And I was like, my daddy, I don't care. Like, I've always been I've always been rebellious because I just feel like being on this earth, you're not here to satisfy your parents. You're here to satisfy yourself and to live in your purpose. Mm-hmm, that's right. You know, so if you have a dream or something in your heart, whether you, I mean, even I know some Caribbean parents who are just as harsh and strict as African exactly. parents. Yep. So if you have a goal or dream, just as much as it's scary to tell your parents or as much as it's scary to, to fail in their eyes, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, your life is your life. Yeah, you know what? Like the, the fact that you said that, um, <laughs> I'm at, at the time of this recording, I'm 28 right now. I'll be 29 in a few months. <clears throat> but it just took me t- till two years ago for me to get to the point where it's like, okay, dad, I love you, but this is just what I'm going to do. Mom. I love you. This is just what I'm going to do. Yeah. There's a point in time where I was, you know, I was going to go to medical school and um, I went, nursing was supposed to be right. The stepping stone. Um, and I was going to go to medical school. So <laughs> I chose to go into business. I, I mean, I didn't, I just chose to, cause I loved it. I wanted more right. three years for three years. I didn't say a word to my dad about it just because I was just afraid of what was going to happen, you know? So it's like, wow, it's crazy how, especially with African parents, I mean, the high standard is a good thing, I think. Oh, most because definitely. I feel like as me being an African, because I have, I was raised with such a high standard, I'm, I've achieved a lot at a oh, young age. Definitely. I but, mean, you, right? don't, you don't settle for less. Exactly. Uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't settle at all. You don't yeah. settle at all. Well, they true. won't let you settle. They, they won't <laughs> let you settle. And so I think it's that hunger that they, they put hunger in your heart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They put that hunger in your heart, and yeah. that's why I think there's, especially there's a lot more African kids that having these PhDs and because that's what they put in your heart. So yeah. it's just like, okay, as much as we don't necessarily like the way they do things, because they instill that in us from young, we just strive. We know how to strive, right? Despite the climate or the situation, no matter what's going no, on, no matter what's going on, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. On that note, though, I want to ask you about something because there's something I've been just thinking about in general. I think I'm going to actually make this a theme for our podcast, for the podcast for a while, is uh, just a concept of being an underdog, right? Mm -hmm. So a concept of being someone who, let's just say, I think everybody has in one environment where they're an underdog. I I believe that. Yeah, nice. Um, And and maybe that's not true, but I, I do think that. But what's it like? Like for you, you know, you're African, but... In a lot of cases, that you're not an underdog at all, you know. But I like to consider here in America as a woman, and also as a um, as a black woman, right. <clears throat> you're at a certain people. You got to do a little extra, but, okay. just to be taken seriously. What's your thought on that? Do you know what's so crazy though? Being English in America is very different. Yeah, you freaking lucky. Do you know what? <laughs> like, here's here's my thing. <laughs> Being in in England as a black woman is the same thing as a black woman being in America. That the the standard of me having to work hard has to be doubled comparing to the next. Right. But literally, since moving here, it's weird. It's like my accent wipes away my blackness. It does. I'm telling you, I, yeah. And it's it's <laughs> and to be honest, it kind of in a way kind of annoys me because it's just like I still if my mouth is not open. You kind of look at me like you, you, you disrespect me in a certain way. But all of a sudden, when I start speaking, it's like, oh, you're not one of them. Mm. But it's like, no, I am. Mm. Hmm. Don't get it twisted. 
<laughs> you know, like I am. Just because I was born in another country and my accent's different wow. doesn't mean anything. And I think it's kind of in a way that this country is kind of, I mean, slightly ignorant at the way you <laughs> view things, that a person that has a different accent all of a sudden is very different. Right. So I haven't necessarily experienced anything mm. crazy since living here. That's good. Because as soon as I open my mouth, it's like, oh, yeah, open doors for me. I'm telling you, if I, I can go into the most fanciest of hotels and say, hi, I would like to use your, your bathroom. Yes, ma'am, right over here. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> so it's, I can't even speak on that when being here because I've, I haven't experienced it. I literally right. haven't. Man, I might need to get an English It's insane accent. to me, but being back home, I've experienced a ton of it. I would never forget. I was working right. at this place called Waitrose, right, which is like, a bougie, like a bougie waitress, pretty much, right? No, what I'm talking about is a bougie uh, Whole Foods. Okay. And I was working there because um, that was my first job, and obviously I was trying to make money whilst I was at university. And you know, there was some, some people would come in there and I'd throw money on the counter, or wouldn't want to touch me and shout at me about like it, you could just you could just feel like you was just trying to disrespect me, like you you had already decided in your mind that I'm probably someone that is a single mom or, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that stereotype already. Right. And so you just went, this is my job. Like I have no career. I have no nothing. That's just, that's just her, you know? And so I got treated like that in, at Waitrose. But me, I'm one of those people that I don't take anything to heart. Like if that's how you feel. You don't take it personal. I don't take nothing personal. If that's how right. you feel, cool. If that's what you decided to think in your head, that's fine. Because how I live is how I live, regardless of how you feel. Um, but I remember there was this woman um, she was actually from um, she was from DC, and every time she came to England, she would always come to Waitrose to shop. I worked in Marylebone, which was one of the, the one of the areas that a lot of celebrity people, rich people, lived around. And she was like, "Girl, you're too pretty to be working in here." And I'm just like, "Oh no, I'm in university. I'm just here to." She's like, "You in school?" Like, and it was really cool to just like, I guess when you see your own, mm-hmm. you just kind of connect. Oh, yeah. And she, she used to look at me and be like, yeah, you're definitely not the type of person that should be working in this kind of place. Like, I see bigger things for you. And them times I used to do hair, so my hair used to always be different. So she was <laughs> like, you got to do my hair one day. And it was really cool that meeting somebody like that and seeing, like, you saw my potential just from my personality. So cool. But yet somebody else of a different race just sees a stereotype. Interesting. And then I move here. And then things are just totally different. Completely different. And you know what's so weird though? Like there are some black girls in this country that feel some type of way about me because of my accent and because of the responses I get from people. And I see it all the time. I just choose not to to to, to act upon it. Or well, you know, you can't control that. I can't. But it's just crazy how it's now turned from like people that we look alike, but because I have a different accent, all of a sudden people have made us two look different. So now you feel slightly, you know, some type of way about me, which is crazy. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Patrick Archie. I tell you. <laughs> That's so cool. All right. Well, no, I appreciate it. And trust me, we'll, we'll definitely have, <laughs> we'll, we'll have some more episodes. Where we talk. More. We'll, we'll go more in depth with this, with this uh, kind of conversation. This is great. Um, but in closing though, <clears throat> I do want to, um, ask you a few things, and then yeah. from there, you know, just w- you explain to us where to find you. You know, yeah, sure. um, just a lot of people are interested. And let's go into a little bit more into what you you do. So, what what projects are you doing right now? I know that you train, yeah, because um, you you I mean, you look like a fitness model. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm currently training people at the moment. Obviously, I do do Herbalife, so um, I get my clients on Herbalife, which is great because. Having a one-on-one and then I get to see you, we train together, um, and then I put you on a nutrition plan. So I feel like the connection becomes way more different, which is amazing, than just giving people nutrition plans. Because, I mean, if I've learned how to shape and build my body this way, I might as well be able to do it with other people as well in the gym. So I do train people now, which is awesome. And it's great to just go to the gym and just see their athletic level change and their body change. Like, I'll look at, like, wow, you've only been with me two months or you've only been with me four weeks and this what you look like? It's amazing. The feeling to see people just transform because I helped you do certain things, it's, it's just the dopest feeling ever. So me training people, oh, I'm continuing with that. If anybody needs to be trained, holler at your girl. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so she's in, she's in Los Angeles, uh, by the way, but she can work with you anywhere she is yeah. or anywhere you are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just... 
So how do okay? So how do we find you on? How do we find you online? Um, so I'm on Instagram. My Instagram name is FitPat, which is P H I T P A T. P H H P H I T P A T. Yes. So FitPat, but with uh, P H instead of F. Yes. Which I think is pretty it's cool. Pretty cool. We got the PPs going the PPs on. PPs huh? going on, and then on Facebook, um, my likes page is also FitPat, which is P H I T P A T. Um, I'm currently working on my website at the moment, but those are the two places you can definitely find me on. Okay, awesome. Well, definitely for the next time that we have uh, have you on, Patrick, you, you're going to have that website oh, up, right? Oh, that website will be up and running. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> okay, cool. Just so you guys know, too, Shu, um, I'm, I'm going to drop all of her information on, on the show notes. So uh, in, in closing, once again, like if you were to give the folks listening, just based on what we've talked about, uh, one tip, you know, to becoming better for themselves, yeah. you know, what would that be? Um, to believe in yourself. Believe in yourself no matter what. No matter what your parents say, no matter what your friends say, no matter what your ego says, right. believe in yourself. Because the more you believe in yourself, the more things will happen. Because you only have you at the end of the day. There it is, guys. I hope you guys liked it. I do have a question for you. Okay, every single episode, I'm going to make sure that I challenge everyone out there uh, to look at your own life and see how you can improve. And here's the question, okay? What are you going to do to love yourself today that you haven't done before? The question is, what are you going to do to love yourself? And there you have it, guys. So make sure that you're going on thinkalpha.net. Okay, guys, leave a review, subscribe, let me know what you think. You know, I'm always willing to grow. I'm working on being the best we can to serve everybody. Okay, we're in this together. We're here to grow together. So once again, thank you guys so much. And I'll see you on the next one. Peace.